0: Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: How's it going, Cheese Kingdom? And welcome to episode 44 of The Great British Chief Show with your boys from the kingdom representing the kingdom. Myself, Brad Simcox, and Arrow Headlines editor... Tom Childs. In this week's show, we'll be debating the five most influential players, coaches or staff the Chiefs have had in the last decade. Plus, we'll be looking at this week's stories from our headlines. But first...
2: up now to Owen, and here's another Owen run. He's going to
1: worry them again. It's a great run by Michael Owen, and he might finish it off! Oh! It's wonderful Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes! Oh, With a good turn from Dempsey.
0: He tries to get away from Gerard. fighting
2: it hard and long. A mistake by Robin Green. Clint Betsy brings the United States level.
1: People are on
0: the fence. They think it's all over. It is.
1: Well, after anxiously waiting, the story is out. The news has been broken. The FIFA World Cup is coming to Kansas City for 2026. This is a huge deal, isn't it, mate?
2: Mate, it's mega. It's huge. It is a big, 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 big deal. The World Cup, like the greatest sporting competition in the world, better than... The the NFL playoffs, better than the Winter Olympics, better than the Summer Olympics. The World Cup is the daddy of all sporting events. (laughs) And it's going to be played in Kansas City, Missouri, of all places. Insane, isn't it? Mate, 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 mate. I I just, (laughs) I'm already, I'm already looking at this trip. I'm thinking, like, it's 2026. It's four years away. I absolutely yeah. have to go. 100 have to go. If England play in Kansas City, even better. But oh, even can you not, imagine that if that oh, happened? I, <laughs> I, yeah, that England fans taking over Kansas City just would be like a dream, dream come true. Yeah. And tr- trust me, we are not as bad as everyone thinks. No, like no. we have, we do have a few bad eggs. There's, there's, there's no doubt about that. But in general. We are very well behaved and we just enjoy a sing song. We enjoyed some decent food and a beer. So they love Kansas City. I just imagine like the, the Arrowhead car park being taken over by England fans. Oh, man. Because we travel I
1: know. well as well. I can imagine as well, the Kansas Cityans would really welcome. I mean, they'd welcome any fan base, wouldn't they? They're yeah, any, yeah. From any, any part of the world. But I just think with England fans being in Kansas City would be, the icing on the cake for me i mean yeah. everybody we know has to experience kansas city especially yeah. a tailgate yeah so to have that tailgate experience at a world cup
2: yeah. it just it just goes together doesn't it and and i'm a big believer that every england football fan needs to experience going to follow england in a Euro, in a international tournament yeah. i've been lucky enough to do it in france and it was the best. And it's, to be able to like mix Kansas City with that would just be incredible. But whoever plays in Kansas City, they like, I feel like the people of Kansas City know it's a big deal. Yeah. But they won't realise how big of a deal it is until like the tournament gets going. And there's just people from... All over the world, just descending onto Kansas City, like from different walks of life. You have all this mixture of cultures in this one town or city in 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 middle middle America, and it's just going to be amazing. Like you could have Brazilians, you could have Japanese, you could have Moldovans, you could have some a Ghanaian team, you could have the English, yeah. like all like five very different cultures blending into one, mixing with Kansas City and everything that that offers as well. It's just going to be it's going to be phenomenal. Yeah. I'm really, I'm really happy for the city. I really am. It, it was really well-deserved. Did,
1: did, they, did they actually say they'd be playing a game at Arrowhead? Arrowhead's
2: yeah, the, just... the stadium they're going to use. That mm. is, and look, I, I didn't realise until like the other day, because I actually watched the the reveal myself. Right? I logged onto FIFA.com yeah. and watched it myself. Like I was, that's how excited I was for KC. I watched it live myself. And, um, I didn't realize until that point that that World Cup isn't 32 teams; it's going to be 48 teams, which is a joke, by the way, diluting the competition. Yeah, it's a bad, it's a money move by FIFA. But anyway, that aside, it also means that the chances are that Arrowhead's going to have more than one game. It could have like two, three, maybe four games. Brilliant. So it is a good chance that they're going to have like at least one superstar and one crazy fan base coming to their to their stadium. It's going to be immense. And I'm so have to happy to play the final. I'm so right, happy. <laughs> Sorry. You
1: have to play the final there as well, surely. <laughs> yeah, imagine. I should
2: imagine. I should imagine the final will be played at SoFi. Yeah, yeah, probably because it, right. it makes it makes most sense for um, timings as well. Yeah, um, to play it in SoFi. So, yeah, I should imagine it would be SoFi Stadium.
1: Boo! I'm
2: not happy about that. But I mean, the good thing about it is, I
1: mean, it's also bringing together, um, you know, the obviously the the new um, national soccer women's league team. Um, yeah the KC current, is not it? So yeah. um apparently they're they're excited because they're gonna be more of a training venue, I think their stadium. Yeah. Uh Bar- is it Barclay uh waterfront or riverfront or something, I, I think it's called I don't um, know. Um they basically said today that they're really excited about this. And it's I don't even think the stadium's built yet, is it? I can't remember.
2: Uh, no, they're still building it
1: now. Still building it they're now. So it's really something they're going to be gearing up for, to, yeah. gearing up towards. Even though they're not hosting a game, it's just yeah. really kind of showcasing what the it's, the women's
2: league can do. You know exactly, and it's all the little changes is going to make to KC. But I say little changes, huge changes to the infrastructure. that's mm. going to be needing. it's going to be have to be in place, yeah, because of the influx. Like we know, England fans will take tens of thousands to every single game, with or without a ticket. And you need to build that infrastructure into the city to deal with it. And so they, they, there's a, it's a huge task which KC have on their hands for the next four years now. And obviously it's a beneficial task. It's going to cost a lot of money, but the legacy that it should leave afterwards, both football and non-football related, should be huge. I'd be interested actually to see how many teams want to use KC as their base because it being smack bang in the middle it is like the heart of that World Cup. If you look at yeah. a map of all the venues, KC is pretty much in the me- middle of them all. So I'd be, it would be wise, I suppose, for teams to use KC as a base if they could to then branch out to some of the other stadiums. But we won't know that until much closer to the time when the draw is made. Yeah, um,
1: but congratulations to Kansas City! Brilliant to have that, uh, yeah. you know, have that announcement. Really good timing as well, uh, especially for something to give us to talk about on this show. Um, yeah. but yeah, it's it's going to be amazing, and hopefully we can get out there and and, and experience that as well. Because I've never been to a World Cup myself, but um, you know, to have it in Kansas City would be absolutely isn't
2: brilliant. it mad to, like this is not like me taking digs at America, but it isn't mad that like America's gonna host the World Cup for the second time in 28 years and yeah, here we are that we haven't like apparently the like the home of football. Yeah. And we haven't hosted a World Cup in well, by that point would have been 60 years. Well, so, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: um, we should have had it this year, but uh, I'm not going to get controversial. Or political. <laughs> I'm not going yeah. <laughs> to, but never mind. <laughs> we'll look forward to this World Cup just the same. Um, but um, we'll go straight into our headlines actually, because this is kind of linked as well. Because uh, I noticed on the hour headlines, I've been scrolling through and having a bit of a look at, you know, all that painstaking work that you do, mate, putting this together, <laughs> and. I noticed one where the Denver sports fans are pretty angry at the fact that Kansas City got the World Cup over Denver. <laughs> over Denver. Um, and apparently the uh, Colorado Rapids coach, Robin Fraser, has actually said that, uh, well, he's, he's, he's been quoted as saying, I think if you look at the, city, the cities in this region, Kansas City being one of them, it's actually mind-boggling to me that Kansas City was chosen over Denver.
2: F you too, Uh, Robin. (laughs) Do you know what? I can't can't talk for Denver because I've never been. I do want to go to Denver. I've always said I want to go to Mile High to see the Chiefs play um, the Broncos there. But what I do know about Kansas City is it's a huge, a huge soccer slash football town. Yeah. And it's well-renowned as the the football capital of the USA. Mm -hmm. So, So, yes, he can be angry about Denver not getting the game, but just because Denver deserves it should they should they get it at KC's expense probably not I don't think the the bidders or FIFA were ever going to go down the, the route of having a couple of like smaller cities like Denver mm. uh, uh, and Kansas City both are, are as host cities because like you can say oh Denver's a huge city what are you talking about Tom but n- not on the world stage it's not it's not it's not in LA it's not a New York it's not Philadelphia and Miami, it's not. It's just not in that same bracket. So FIFA noticed they were only going to go with one of them, and rightfully so, they chose the um, the one with the the, the football heritage, should we say, with the Lamar Hunt story. Do you think recency
1: is uh, a big factor in this in their big their choice? Because recency in being obviously the Chiefs have been put on the map when they won the Super Bowl. They've got Patrick Mahomes, the best quarterback in the league. Do you think yeah. that actually played into the minds of the World
2: Cup? organizers do you reckon I, I think it must have. I think well, you reckon it, the Chiefs you reckon the Chiefs' recent success and the fact yes. that Patrick Mahomes is becoming a global megastar was the reason why Casey was chosen. I don't think it was the reason but I think it was one of the reasons why
1: it was just literally you know if they were if are comparing it to Denver let's say I mean look I mean we haven't you know Denver haven't beaten the Chiefs since what 2015 is it or something? Yeah 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 um you know so surely that must have popped into their head
2: I, I don't, I don't know. Like, I, I like the thought process of it. Like, the Chiefs' recent success has something to say of it, especially because they've got the, the megastar now in Patrick. Yeah. I, I, I get that angle. Do I think the head-to-head success against the Broncos had anything to, to do with it? Probably not. Probably no. not. I've, I, I like to, I like what well, we're saying. now. we we do question some of these um, deciding. Uh, people's integrity like, yeah, we're like um, we have we have we have um spoke out about that before so maybe but no I, I don't think there was anything shady going on with this lot but um no I don't think the fact that the Broncos have held the chiefs to 21 points or less in the last two or three <laughs> two of the last three games and not managed to beat them because drew, drew lock sucks is the reason <laughs> why um the, the uh, Denver didn't get the Super the uh, I can get all confused now. Get the, the Super Bowl
1: Cup. World Cup. <laughs> I mean, they yeah, big yeah. events, both of them
2: anyway, aren't they? But yeah, I know what yeah. you mean.
1: I, I I'd i honestly think there was some something in there that I think I think if we had this uh before twenty fifteen, I think Denver would have probably got it.
2: Okay, well, only because Patrick Mahomes didn't exist in our eyes. At yeah, point. he didn't then. And well, plus
1: plus the Broncos were pretty much well, they won a Super Bowl in twenty fifteen, didn't they? So you know, I, maybe I,
2: maybe maybe to test your theory, we should just have a look at the 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 records, the recent records of all the cities that won Super Bowl bids. Yeah, and compare them to the teams that didn't.
1: Actually, but... did Washington
2: get one? No. <gasps> See, it's true. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think mean, that was more so of the case that they didn't, FIFA didn't want all the players to die on that turf. Yeah,
1: probably that. Yeah, It's probably that. Um, all right, we'll move on. Uh, the other story that I wanted to bring up was uh, an interesting one. I actually saw this outside of headlines, believe it or not, what? during during the week. Yeah, no, exactly. What? Yeah. I was Did I miss elsewhere. one? Where I was looking away from head pride. How dare I? Did I miss one? What? Did I miss this? Did you miss it? No, no, no. This was in it as well. This was in our headlines as well. But oh, I'd, okay. I'd I thought it you, I thought I thought in you
2: insinuating that I missed something there. <laughs> I was like, I was about to go like whip myself. No, no, you were <laughs> shame, <no>. shame, shame, <laughs> of myself.
1: <laughs> Pete was already chalking that up as a black mark against your name there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tom missed something. Tom missed something. Yeah. No, no. It was in our headlines as well, but uh, I'd actually seen it elsewhere. But I'm, I'm glad it was in our headlines because it was it's kind of prompted me for this. But um, Bleacher Report has suggested that the Chiefs should trade Clyde edwards Hilaire for
2: Saquon Barkley. Oh, Bleacher Report. Yeah. Oh. Um, <laughs> Wasn't, now, it, wasn't it Clyde Edwards-Alaire in a third-round pick, wasn't it? It was something like
1: that. Yeah, it was something like that. I and, remember, you know, we'd get Saquon Barkley the other way, which... Just why? <sighs> it's why? fantasy, isn't it?
2: Yeah, it's why, like... I'll put that as the lead for a reason. Like yeah, it, It's, it's um, fantasy. Yeah, it's... know just why Why would the Chiefs do that? Why? Like, I like Saquon, and I like his fires. He has yeah. really big fires. You like his fights? I thighs. do like his <laughs> fires, but... Why would why would the Chiefs make that move? They don't need any more running backs. No, they've just signed Jarek McKinnon again. Yeah, they've got Ronald Jones. They've got Clyde. They've got Isaiah Piquecho, or whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, they've got Derek Gore. They do not need any more running backs in that room. They yeah. certainly yeah. do not need to be giving up a former first round pick and a third round pick. But is, for isn't he already got a year a left left on his deal or something? Uh, yeah, I think yeah he must do by now. So he's going. He's going to be demanding he's always big money anyway. Injured? Yeah, he's always injured if he could stay fit and he was like the same guy that was at Penn State and absolutely yeah, yeah. trade for that guy but he's not shown it in the NFL okay no. he's shown it in glimpses but he's never been on the field long enough nah no, exactly uh, the Chiefs the Chiefs don't play to that that sort of strength anyway we we know who the Chiefs are in terms of the backfield they're a, a running back by committee type of team they have different running backs different situations Saquon Barley, Barkley wouldn't be a, a a free down back in Andy Reid's system so no. it's absolutely pointless if Clyde Edwards-Alaria isn't going to be a and every down back, then Saquon Barkley and his um, injury-prone this certainly isn't going to be. So yeah, it was it was ludicrous and bleacher report. Yeah, nothing story, isn't it really? It's
1: it, that's a slow news day article, that wasn't it. That's that's our headlines on a
2: Saturday, mate. That's that's (laughs) all. It's like honestly, it's like it's like writers only work Monday to Friday. Um, (laughs) They say they say that uh, news never stops. It absolutely does in the sports NFL world in the off season.
1: Yeah,
2: pulling back the curtain a little bit. It's a grind. It's a grind doing Saturday headlines and Monday morning headlines as well because there's nothing on a Sunday. So um, yeah. To the people that put out stories on a Saturday and Sunday, kudos, I love you. But there's a lot, there's <laughs> a lot of people. There is a lot of people that don't keep doing those stories, Tom says. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All
1: right. The last one I want to look at was uh, an interesting one from a chief's perspective as well. It's uh, Andy Reid is on track to pass Hank Stram for the first place in the team's all-time wins list for a head, head coach. Um, apparently, he's seventeen games away or seventeen wins away from doing that. Um, now, we mentioned this in a previous show, didn't we? Where um, we didn't quite like the fact that there was an extra game going to be included in the uh, the NFL, yeah, because it would eventually dilute the stats that we had already come to know and love. Mm-hmm. And this is going to be something that I'm not, I'm not saying it's it's happened all mm-hmm. the time because obviously the recent the recent extra games only just literally been put in as of like last year, isn't it? But yeah, yeah, this is the start of it, isn't it? This is the start of where stats like this start getting watered down because of yeah. the extra games, because of the extra, um, you know, the playoff games that you'll have as well. And it just, it's great. As, as personally for Andy Reid, that is great news that you mm-hmm. know, he's, he's going to be up there with the great Hank Stram. Um but yeah, it just it, it's a little bit it
2: it's it's what? With an asterisk maybe. Yeah. Did and you say he was seventeen games short? Seventeen wins short, apparently. Of catching Hank Stram. So um, I think so. Um yeah, about seventeen and these tend these tend to be regular season only, don't they, these type of records. Normally, yeah. Um, they don't normally count postseason. So that means basically that Andy Reid's going to catch him this year when the Chiefs go 17 and 0 in the regular season. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um well, well he's actually predicted to get it in 2023, midway through.
2: Yeah, that made that obviously that makes sense. Obviously, this extra this extra game enables Andy Reid to catch him this year and not next. Yeah, um, it does, doesn't it? Shame he's not gonna, because when they drop a game, I don't know, to the Jags or something like that. When they shouldn't do <laughs> but, the um, <laughs> yeah. but um Yeah. But Say say that again. I I'd put did I put it in there? I think that might have been the day that Rocky covered for me. Was, did, I think Rocky put that that, one is in, that yeah. all-time wins as Chiefs coach or all-time wins in total in the NFL? Uh,
1: head coach of
2: the Chiefs. Wow, so. He's two seasons away from being two seasons away from the the Chiefs' most successful head coach ever. Yeah,
1: that's that's insane. I mean, fair play to me. He's had to do it. You know. During the seasons where it has only been like, you know, 16, you can only get 16 and all, or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you can't deny Andy Reid is such a, a great. It's just,
2: uh, we're going to talk about this a little bit later yeah. on with our second segment, but it just goes to show how lucky we were in the winter of 2013. Yeah. Like, like Clark Hunt not letting that man leave Kansas City without signing a deal. Is one of the moves of the century. Yeah. It really is. And the way that it's turned the Chiefs' fortunes round. And for him, what nine years later, to be two seasons away from being all-time wins the Chiefs head coach. Mm. And he's going to get it. He's absolutely going to get that record. Inside the next two years, so oh, just amazing. Well, one season one with nine season. wins. One season with nine wins or less. Yeah, there's no one. No, Nineteen. That's it. He wouldn't. Nine and seven is like the fewest amount of wins he's got in one season. That was in 2014. Every mm-hmm. other season has been ten wins at least. Yeah, just just phenomenal. Not what far off, Matt. He's not far off. What a guy. What a guy.
1: What a man. What a man. What a man. Yeah. Um I just thought it was worth bringing it up because it's yeah. like we're on the we're on the the kind of cusp of of something historic happening there, and yeah, uh, it's, it's with the head
2: coach of the Kansas City Chiefs. For good There's days. going to be so much talk when that game eventually comes around, like not this year's season, but the following season, mm. and they start talking about that game and the week leading up to it. Will this be a record-breaking game? Yeah, There's going to be such a song and dance made about Andy Reid. It's oh, going to be God. great. It's going to be it's going to be so as well deserved, and quite rightly so. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. All right, then, I think we'll take a quick break. And when we come back, we are going to be looking at the five most influential players, coaches, or staff the Chiefs have had in the last decade.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: Welcome back to the Great British Chiefs show with Brad and Tom. In recent news, it looks like Gronk is retiring again, and he's been tagged as one of the greatest tight ends of all time and an influential part of the books winning the Super Bowl in the last few years of his career, which got us thinking about Chiefs players, coaches, or staff we believe have been the most influential in the last decade or so. We've got five names and it's up to you guys to, to listen to those five names and and either call us absolutely crazy for saying those names, or just come up with your own.
2: Yeah, these are influential for good ways. Yeah,
1: good ways, good reasons. So we can't <laughs> Not say bad, bad ones, reasons. We have, we like have a list Bob of them long for bad ones:
2: Bob Sutton or um, <laughs> Brady Quinn or who was our was it Brady Matt Castle, Matt Castle. Oh, yeah. D Ford, D Ford would have been a bad one. He's been like, think how influential D Ford is. Oh god, yeah. Like, if you we get on to like the players that come in, but imagine if D Ford doesn't line up off line up offside. That's a good point. Think of the amount of people that keep their jobs. Yeah. If he doesn't line up offside, that would be. Do you know what? We've ruined a completely different one that we could have done for this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I would about, actually argue just, as well.
1: I would actually argue I'd put Jeff Triplett in there as well somewhere.
2: Um,
1: <laughs> I know he wasn't on the books, but, you know.
2: Maybe. Like, one of these we're going to put in there for a good reason, but also there was a reason for them doing something bad, which also influenced the Chiefs and the way they moved yeah. going forward as well. It's, it's, there's so many different avenues we can take this conversation, and I'm sure we end up going down a few extras yeah. as we go on. But um, I'm excited to do this. It's different. It's, it's very June content. Yeah, it, it is, is June. June content. It's very June content, but we've just, we've just got to embrace June now, haven't we? Is it, yeah. we're, we're in it. This, Brad, put it this way. This is the last podcast we have to record in June until next June. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Yes, next I, time we record a podcast, we'll be in the month of training camp. Yeah. Look okay, at it that way. Yeah. That's how close we are to the season now. And that's the when everybody month, else... Next month, training camp begins. Yeah. Then the following, then the following month, the preseason begins. Then the following month, the season begins. We are close.
1: Do you know what? I think for us to really give some really good content over July, Pete really needs us to fly over there and, and join a training camp, and watch the chicken, really. Maybe. I th- I think we should get onto him. Mind you, after what you spoke about him in, in the last podcast, yeah. I don't think you'd be uh, welcoming us with open arms. Put it that way. You know, there
2: was no comeback from that at all. Was it not? No, I feel like I feel like it will will come, like revenge will be a dish best served cold later in the season towards me. But uh, right now, he t- he took the high ground. Uh so a bit um, like
1: Kenobi Invader, Is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, basically. Yeah, oh. yeah I, I have the high ground, Anakin. And um, hello there. Yeah, I underestimated Pete's power.
1: <laughs> so maybe. <laughs> Maybe Star Wars reference shoehorned in, like like old times, mate, like old times. Yeah, a bit of short, bit of uh, Star Wars in there. Anyway, should we get cracking with these five names? Because I've got five names and you've got five names, and yep. I've got to be honest, I think your five names are better than mine. But we'll go through it. Okay, <laughs> we'll go through it. Um, let's get the let's get the usual one out of the way first. Yeah, and I okay. think it's something that we probably both agree on. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most influential players the Chiefs have had in the last decade because of who he is, what he's done. Yeah. And are you are, you are you saying are you
2: saying that smart. the guy the guy that was the first Chiefs quarterback taking in the first round in 30 odd years who won it MVP in his first full season and led the Chiefs to a Super Bowl in his second full season is one of the most influential people in Chiefs history. That's if pretty influential. I think so. Yeah. yeah, I would say so. I yeah. would say so. What he's done for this city, you were even spouting earlier that he was potential, that he he has that much influence that he brought the World Cup to Kansas City. Exactly. That's how much influence this guy has. Yeah. Um, th- this one's not going to be lost on anyone. It's, it's Patrick freaking Mahomes, for Christ's sake. Everyone yeah. knows how, how how influential he is. and. I'm already dreading life without my homes. Like I I'm <laughs> I I know that we could be 17, 16, 17, 18 seasons away from life without my homes. But the way I see it now is this this is this is sport peaking for me. This is this is this is the chiefs peaking. These next 15 years will be the best of my Chiefs support in life. I've already had the best years of my Arsenal life. Yeah. And now I've seen the other side of the Arsenal one. And it's not fun. It's yeah. just not as fun. Like I saw the greatest Premier League team ever. And they were incredible. And ever since then, it's been good, but it's just not been as good. And this is what it's going to be like for life after my homes. Yeah. And so I, I sit here and I just try to savor everything, everything he does, whether that's playing football or I even sat and watched him play golf a few weeks ago, like three o'clock in the morning. Like I got up and watched that when he was playing with Josh Allen. <laughs> Did like, you? Yeah, I'd like, I was ill. So I woke up in the middle of the night and, and I just put it on because I couldn't sleep, but I still watched it. And I didn't mind because I, I hate golf, but I enjoyed it because it's Patrick Mahomes and there, there's, yeah. there's 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 people have always said to me like I'm I'm sad for Patrick Mahomes like I I like I I, I have a man crush on him and yes yes I do who do? doesn't have a man crush on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> like. You'd be mad not to, and he's he's Kansas City's favorite son, and yeah, he will be until the day he dies, um, which will hopefully be after I I do. So um, yeah, Patrick Mahomes definitely the most influential take guy. Me, take me before, yeah, exactly. I will sacrifice myself for Patrick Mahomes. Put it this way, no, you, you, come on, Vecna, come get me. Leave Patrick alone. No,
1: but you're right. I mean, he has been influential, not just obviously for for the Chiefs, but obviously for the city. He's really kind of backed, or his, him and his wife uh, um, have really kind of backed the women's soccer as well over there. That's been really influential. They've got to where they are with the backing that they've they've really supported mm-hmm. that that project. Yeah, um, he's, he's got a stake in the Royals, for goodness sake. You know, he's yeah. he's even brought in a Whataburger into Kansas City. Exactly. All he needs to do now to make his kind of legacy complete is get an NBA team in Kansas City.
2: You think he? Do you think he has that power? I
1: think he has. If he can bring a World Cup, he can bring an NBA team.
2: Yeah, by that logic, absolutely. <laughs> um, I don't know if I want Casey to have an NBA team. Did you not see the? The, the video of the, the guy, guy doing did. a backflip. It what? The video of the guy doing a backflip.
1: No, no. I was about the mock-up of the guy that did the KC rain. Team. Okay. Did you see that? That's... No. I'd buy that jersey, and I'm not an NBA fan. It Till... was fire, mate. It was lovely. It was really nice. And I thought the branding on it was just on point. Yeah. Um, the name was brilliant. Rain is in, like, the reign of a king, reign of a monarch. Rain yeah, of yeah, yeah, Um, I thought it was on point. I thought, that has to be an NBA team
2: do you know what like part of me thinks oh yeah it'd be great but the other part of me thinks actually kansas City and that whole area going into kansas uh, like has such a close tie to college basketball yeah that do do they really need the pros there yes like like, everyone loves the jayhawks well all the ku fans love the jayhawks there's a few mizzou fans of uk state do they really need an nba team and like if they had an nba team I don't even like I would like them, I suppose, but I couldn't move teams. I'm i I'm I'm a Mavs boy. You're a Mavs boy, aren't you? I am a Mavs boy since Dirk was drafted. So yeah.
1: Well, I, um I'm still undrafted um, free agent at the minute. I, I haven't got a team. I'm well, I'm sat here
2: wearing a six You team. are literally wearing a 76ers jersey as we record this podcast. <laughs> I know, but Alan Iverson's because... seventy six sixers jersey, you are wearing right now. It's lovely. It's 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 the nicest jersey I've ever seen on a, on an NBA team. So that's why I bought it. But you it's haven't got a team. You haven't got a team? I haven't got a team. Alan Iverson, what a player he was. Yeah, great player, wasn't he? Oh, I've seen him on his highlights. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) and you watched watched a documentary on Netflix once. Yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very good. I always remember an an advert that Alan Iverson did years and years ago for Reebok, and it had him like dribbling down the street. And uh, he was all in black, in a hoodie up, just dribbling down the street and just doing his thing because he's a hell of a a dribbler. (laughs) And um, at the end, it showed him at a court. And I remember trying like mimic that when I was younger. Was, like, I didn't record myself, obviously, but like trying to whenever I walked to the court was constantly trying to like dribble like intensely the whole way, like he was in this advert. Never worked. Always was got insane? run over. Did you like ever that. do it?
1: Did you ever manage? No, it?
2: no. I almost got run over about ten times doing it. But, um, <laughs>
1: yeah. Anyway, we sidetracked again. We we do this quite a bit on the yeah. podcast. We sidetrack quite a bit. So we've agreed. Patrick Mahomes is one of the most top five influential Chiefs ever. Well, yes. in the last decade. In mm-hmm. the last
2: decade. Um, have you got one that you want to put forward? Yes. Byron Matthew is one of the top five most influential Chiefs of the last decade. Yes,
1: I would agree with you there.
2: Is he in your list, is he? He's
1: in my list as well, yes. He's okay. In my list. It's going um, well. It's going well.
2: The case, The case being that... The culture change that followed the 2018 season and that clear out after the debacle what, that what was the 2018 defense was huge. Yes, they bought in Steve Spagnuolo, but what they really needed to bring in was difference makers, culture changes. And I think Tyron Matthew was that guy. He um, They talk about Frank Clark also being that guy, being that dog as well. But tyron matthew was was the alpha male in that in that um defensive room, and he was the guy that really sparked the changes that the defense needed so people can look to like how he left and the fact that he didn't get another contract with the chiefs. I forget all of that i'm I'm thinking about what he did do for the the free season he was in k c yeah. and especially in that first year and the change around that the defense made to go from an absolute laughing stock to a t- a defensive unit that made like some serious play, some plays and big time plays in the nfl playoffs and especially in the back end of the regular season as well so mm-hmm. i think you'd be mad to uh discount what tyron matthew done defensively i don't think there is anyone more influential on the chiefs the last five uh ten years mm-hmm. in terms of the impact that they made yes there's players that have had better seasons marcus peter's rookie year obviously the justin houston 2014 season with 22 sacks like monster seasons but how much influence did they actually have on the Chiefs overall, we can talk about Derek Johnson being amazing for what well, most of his career. But we're talking about a lot the what he would have been like three or four years of this 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 decade. We're talking about mm-hmm. incredible player, but how much influence did it actually have on the Chiefs' success? Very little compared to what Tyrone Matthew has done for the Chiefs.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've got him. I've got Tyrone Matthew on here as well. I mean, I originally actually thought I thought was you know was Eric Berry as influential, and it it it, it really got me thinking about this because. Eric Berry yes everything he went through and everything and you know the the unity that he brought when he came back from obviously his illness that he had was was quite it, it was inspiring wasn't it it was it really yes. was inspiring but like you said in terms of bringing something towards uh the the um the team as mm. as, as a whole and 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 really well they ended up delivering them, making them believe mm. That they could, uh, that, you know, they could really kind of go the whole the whole distance. Was yeah, yeah. I, I think his leadership was definitely on point there. Um, so yeah, that's why I put Tyron Matthew in
2: over. I'm gutted it didn't work for t- work out Eric Berry. I am as well. Like he's he's not becoming a forgotten player in Cheese Kingdom, but I feel like he's becoming like an undervalued former chief. Mm-hmm. And he certainly, if I had to name my top five favourite Chiefs players since I started supporting the team, Eric Berry's in it. Oh, I, yeah. would, I would say so. Eric it's
1: Berry. One of the first jerseys I bought, Eric Patrick, Berry. My,
2: Eric Berry, Patrick Mahomes, Jamal Charles, Eric Johnson, and probably yeah. Tony G.
1: Yeah.
2: Um are probably my top five. Great, not, having yeah. not, not having Kelsey in there. Not having Kelsey in Eric Berry just, like, I miss Eric Berry. I really do. And we never hear from him anymore. Like he never comes he's not on socials anymore. he doesn't do interviews. No. I'd love to know what his thoughts are on this current Chiefs crop of players and like you never hear you never hear anything like I oh, I'd love to play w- with this chiefs team now like obviously when he left the chiefs, people expected him to get picked up by uh, teams like Dallas or whatever, but that never worked out for him for whatever reasons obviously his, his, his injuries were f- uh, too much to overcome mm. but I, I think it's sad that like since retirement. That we just don't hear from this guy, and then people people talk about Eric Berry, and all they bring up is the day to day stuff, yeah and that's all they can like. The first thing they talk about Eric Berry, they don't talk about how amazing he was as a player, like, and this is not everyone. This is just some people, by the way. There's a, a lot of people do appreciate for what he did, what he done, and they talk about obviously the, all the cancer stuff, all the playing stuff. But to some people, Eric Berry, it like it, it's just oh, it's almost like every time they bring him up, all they mention is the day to day. It's just like a joke. Mm. a joke thing and that, that that kind of that's kind of sad to me that that's the way that eric berry is viewed upon by some by only i mean a minority but unfortunately with socials you do see you do see the minority yeah
1: i mean yeah i mean one of the most inspiring games i think i saw of Eric Berry was the the falcons game mm.
2: um oh, where phenomenal. he
1: was he was phenomenal that day um such a great player and and like you said, you know, he, leadership wise, he he is up there. He is up there as one of the you know, the leaders of the, the Chiefs team and the Chiefs mm-hmm. defense. And um, yeah, it's a shame. He just it, it it's almost like his career fizzled out and he either lost the love of the game or you know, he felt as though he couldn't do it anymore after after such a a torri- a real terrible time that he had, obviously with the illness he had. Yeah, um, yeah. And and giving it all to get back on the on the field, but then after that, just yeah, just kind of walking away from it all. It, it, yeah, it's sad. It really is sad. Mm. Um, and he should be respected a lot more. Um, but anyway, let's move on, shall we? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're getting sad here, mate. What's going on? It's June. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I've got um, I think somebody who is an absolute shoe-in on this, uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, I know it's another recent player, and I know he's a, a, well, you've mentioned him many a time, you nickname him the Unicorn. He's Mm. he's such uh, an influential player in the fact that he really has kind of uh, put the tight end role on the map a lot more recently, Um, especially with the way that... Claim. Well, I'm not saying he's changed it. I'm not saying he's changed that role, but what I'm saying is he's really kind of like brought it into light a lot more um in the fact that um we we you know how many good tight ends are we got now in the, in the league that we're always talking about the tight end position being more of a more of a receiving kind of position than it has yeah, been? yeah I mean I know it was always Tony G was definitely the guy that was the the main kind of uh you know uh, ambassador of changing the tight end position in that respect but from what Kelsey has done and how he's been doing that consistently for the team and, and being the main guy for not only Patrick Mahomes, but for Alex Smith as well. Yeah. For me, that just, that just shows the consistency that he brings to this team. And he's now getting to the point where he's, he's, he's actually changing plays. <laughs> we saw that in the, in the box. yeah, what was fair that point. it was, it was a recent game. It wasn't was it where he, uh, was, was the Bills game? Yeah. It was, wasn't it? It was Bills yeah, game where he found something out on, he saw a soft point in the, in the defense and he pointed it out and they used it and they went on to win the game. So influential wise, I think that's why I would definitely put Travis Kelsey in there as one of the top five most influential chiefs in the last decade. Would you agree?
2: No. Why? What? He's not in my list. What? He doesn't, he, this is the one we disagree on. He doesn't crack my top five he like talent wise absolutely oh, Tom. influence yes I can, I get the influence when it comes to like the broader spectrum on playing tight end in the NFL he's basically given away for six foot five white guys a, a chance to catch footballs so that's what he's done like yeah. that's what they do now um like they're, they're more like receivers than they ever have been yes I, I I get that I get that but in terms of what he's done for the the franchise, the Chiefs franchise, I couldn't put him in my top five. Wow. I just couldn't. I couldn't. Do you know who I did put in the top five? Who did you put in the top five? The guy that drafted him, oh. John Dorsey. Oh, you cheat. I did put John <laughs> Dorsey in there. I did put John Dorsey in there. That's a only good because shout, actually. John
1: Dorsey is a very good shout. I bet there's a lot of people listening to this screaming at the radio
2: going, What is he got about? You just have to look at some of the players that John Dorsey drafted. Yeah. Travis Kelsey, Eric Fisher, Marcus Peters, yeah. Chris Jones, Patrick Mahomes. Whether you like it or not, he drafted Patrick Mahomes. Like you can, you can, it call, it yeah. it you can call it a breath each pick. You can call it a breath each pick all you want, but the guy that pulled the trigger. The GM that made the calls, that made the trades with the Buffalo Bills to move up to 10 was John Dorsey. It was John Dorsey's pick. And yes, John Dorsey gets a lot of stick for contract negotiations and the way he handled cutting Jeremy Macklin and all that type of thing like some of it was really really bad at his point mm. but in terms of a talent of evaluator and adding to the talent that was already in Kansas City before he come the likes of Eric Berry the likes of Derek Johnson Tamba Harley Justin Houston Jamal Charles were already in KC mm. this was a team full of pro bowlers already but then over the next few years he just kept adding talent after talent after talent through the drafts and for evaluation there was no better in the league for the first few years than John Dorsey and we know he got fired for, for different reasons so in the players that he left us the likes of Travis Kelsey the likes of Chris Jones the likes of Patrick Mahomes then, in terms of influence, it's hard to to say that John Dorsey wasn't the most in, one of the most influential members of the Chiefs. And I know some people can say, "Oh, well, isn't it Clark Hunt because he's the guy that hired John Dorsey, that hired Andy Reid?" Yeah, granted, but you have to stop at some point. But John Dorsey's <laughs> John Dorsey's impact and what he's done for the Chiefs in terms of adding top tier talent to the roster hmm. just can't be undervalued. Yeah. Right. Didn't,
1: yeah. he, didn't he uh, draft Tyreek Hill as
2: well? Yeah, he drafted Tyreek Hill as well. Yeah, yeah that a, guy that
1: is a good shout I mean. John, yeah, John, he, took, he
2: he took a swing on Tyreek Hill when a lot of the league wasn't prepared to do so, and he did um, it with um, uh, Kareem Hunt. I mean, obviously yeah. that
1: didn't turn out well, obviously later on, but you can't deny the talent of the guy. Yeah, he was a solid running back for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites as well at the time. Yeah, um, which, yeah, I, I mean. I think you're right there. I think that's that's a good shout. I mean, he, he you know, we always had the strap line, didn't we? Of hashtag in Dorsey we trust. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I know you have that for it in Bre- in Vich we trust as well, but mm-hmm. we seem to have it really a lot with Dorsey. Um, yeah. And you're right; he's he's really brought in some top level talent um, at value as well. I would. Say.
2: Yeah, I wonder what ever happened to the grey jumper with Chiefs written across it across it, which he always used to wear. <laughs>
1: Do you know what they should put that in the Chiefs Hall of Fame? Shouldn't they?
2: They should. They should. They should.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They should. I would agree with that. I'd, I'd actually, I'd actually have John. I'd probably knock somebody out of my list for John Dorsey because you've stated a really good case there. Okay.
2: Really good case. Not um, bad for two minutes work, eh? Two minutes. You for, would... Two minutes research, and I, I bear your list, which you've been preparing all day. <laughs> you think I've
1: prepared this all day? <laughs> Five minutes before the podcast, uh, right? Okay, then um, I'm going to go with, and I'm 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 not so confident now after your John Dorsey uh, selection there, um, and I think I might eventually mm-hmm. drop this guy from it. But for mine, I actually put Mitch Schwartz. <laughs> yeah, I know you may laugh, and uh, after li- listening to your case about John Dorsey, I'm probably thinking, yeah, Mitch Schwartz, really a
2: guy that John Dorsey, Dorsey signed, by the way, <laughs> what? a guy that John Dorsey signed, by the way, fair one. I Can't yeah. really say anything else other than that, can I? Really? I no, I am intrigued. I am, I am intrigued, Bradley. So, <laughs> please tell me why Mitch Schwartz is one of the top five most influential Chiefs players. I was just past. thinking. I was just thinking at a time
1: when we got Mitch Schwartz in, he yeah. was the main guy that we had on that offensive line, and yeah. he was the, the the guy that we completely relied on, didn't we? Especially when we had uh, you know Alex Smith, and and obviously when we had uh, Patrick Mahomes, and. There wasn't really much else going on along that offensive line. Yes, okay, Eric Fisher, we had him as a, you know, he was a first round pick, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, and, but I just think Mitch Schwartz was this glue for that, for that offensive line. And it was, it was decent. It was, I mean, you know, you can't, you can't say that it was a bad offensive line. It, it was decent. It, it did its job. But Mitch Schwartz was that, he, you never spoke about him. No. Um, and that's probably backfires my point a little bit by saying he was most influential because you never spoke about him. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> like, You missed that. Like like the only thing that you possibly have going for him is that he was the guy that held Nick Bosa and Wasp. Like yeah. that's, that's, that's about it. That's all you can say, but now nah, I'm not having that. I'm no, not I, having. After you said like, John Dorsey, I thought, nah, that, that one blows. That no, blows he it's doesn't shot. even come close doesn't even come close. I I I'm I'm hoping that like, a lot of people listen to this podcast would have heard Mitch Schwartz and just been like, w- w- what's this guy on? What's this like, guy? Like, <laughs> they make it like an expression that belong belongs in meme or gift form. Yeah. That, that's that's what they that's what they need <laughs> to, to be doing with Mitchell Schwartz, I know. <laughs> like I love the player, phenomenal player, great servant for the Chiefs, but most influential, absolutely not. You need to do some more homework on that one tell
1: you what tell you what shall i go for the next one because i think i know that this player is on your list as well okay but he's my number one but he's not your number one should i do my number one first yeah go for it my number one most influential chief in the last decade alex smith now, there's probably people showing that. What is he on about? He said Mitch mitch Schwartz. Now he's saying Alex Smith. Hear me out on Alex Smith, right? Alex Smith came to the Chiefs at a time where the Chiefs were terrible. We hadn't a, a, a quarterback to, well, we hadn't even a quarterback to even call our own. And especially a talented quarterback that we could call our own. We got Alex Smith. Yes, we got him from the 49ers, but we got a player that could just literally plug in, do the job, steady the ship and make sure that the chiefs became or, or had the ability to build up and become the force that it is now. Also, to add into that, he also played absolutely lights out for that season before Patrick Mahomes became the QB1. Mm-hmm. If Alex Smith just went out with a whimper, I think the ceiling was low enough there. If, if, if he did play at a really poor level and just think, I'm I'm out of this, I'm not even gonna bother with this. I think that that could have given a bad influence to Patrick Mahomes going in because he, he could have just thought, oh, this is easy, this I can, I can just blow out his numbers, no problem. I've walked into this. He made it hard or made a difficult decision for the Chiefs to actually let Alex Smith go because of the the way he played in those last few seasons with the Chiefs. He was playing at a top level then. That was was peak Alex Smith for me. Was it 2017 season? Yeah. That was peak Alex Smith. Yes, he was making a, a, a point that he is the QB1, but also he was showing the young Patrick Mahomes, this is how professional you need to be in your game. This is how you, you become a top-level professional. And he influenced Patrick Mahomes to be an influential player in that respect. So I believe Alex Smith is the most influential chief in the last decade because of where he came from, what he sorted out with the Chiefs, and how he's left a, a, almost like a legacy with the fact that he's got Patrick Mahomes as his like, little prodigy that he was there.
2: Would you agree with that? I agree a lot of what you're saying. I do. I know they are all valid points. They're the coming in, making the Chiefs better immediately, being good for a few years, making the Chiefs perennial playoff teams. And I even agree with the, the Mahomes influence, the, him being um, the master and Mahomes being the Padawan. Like, great stuff. Really good. Really, really good. The most influential? No, probably not. No, if he'd won a championship in KC and then rode into the sunset and then let Mahomes take over, absolutely. But ultimately, in the Alex Smith era, we fell short a couple of times because of Alex Smith's limitations. Mm-hmm. We we yeah. he I can't it, deny was, that. it was it was it was his missed throw to Tyreek Hill against the Steelers, which was like the trigger that caused the Chiefs to go out and get Patrick Mahomes. So, it was actually sometimes it was Alex Smith's flaws which were more influential than his good stuff. It was his flaws were influenced the Chiefs' decision-making to go out and get the guy like Patrick Mahomes because they are polar opposites. Do I think any less of Alex Smith because of it? No, I love the guy. Like, after years and years of instability at quarterback, what he offered the Chiefs for six, seven years was was incredible. But are the Chiefs in a better position now than they were? Absolutely. My guy, though, the number one, and this is the number one. Is, Is he even in your five? He better be. It's Andy Reid. It's Andy Reid. <laughs> Andy Reid. I didn't. I didn't number. I didn't put the others in order. I just named them. By the way. Yeah. Um. But number one is Andy Reid. Yeah. Like we touched on it in the first half of the show, but where would the Chiefs be without Andy Reid? Like, yeah. It, I mean, uh, you know,
1: he's. We've already mentioned that he was. You know, he's seventeen games away from being the winningest coach, uh, yeah. in Chiefs history. Um, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Phenomenal, phenomenal head coach, and and the the rapport that he has with the players as well, the the, the influence he has on these players, and and how they will actually play for him is brilliant. His man management is is second to none, really, isn't it? In that respect, he's he's made sure that he has become uh, not only like a, a, a head coach, like a brilliant head coach, but also more like more like a father figure to a lot of these players. Yeah, um, and. I suppose you're right as well. He he's the one that recognised that we needed a new quarterback. He brought in Alex Smith. Um, he made sure that he built a team around Alex Smith, and then when the time was right, he made
2: sure he got the quarterback he needed mm-hmm. and wanted. Um, and just everything else he offers the team. I'm, I'm looking as you were talking. Then I was looking. I was looking at a list of coaches hired in 2013 in that cycle. Andy Reid, Bruce Arians, not bad. He went to the Colts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Chazinski. Chip Kelly, Doug Marone, Gus Bradley, Mark Tressman, Mike McCoy, Greg Roman. Most of those are now back to being college coaches or coordinators. God. I think Andy Reid is the only survivor. Is Bruce Arian still in Tampa? No, he's not in Tampa anymore. No, he's not in Tampa um, anymore. No. There you uh, go. Andy Reid is the only surviving head coach of that lot. Wow. Is that lot. The rest of them aren't NFL head coaches anymore. So,
1: God, his, length, his complete longevity of, of of how he's managed to survive in in such a, a high profile league, yeah, and how he's managed to kept, keep the Chiefs on the straight and narrow for so long. I mean, what was his what? what did Game, you say His
2: worst season's
1: been at the Chiefs? nine and seven
2: under uh, nine and seven in KC. That's unreal, isn't it? Mate. Since twenty thirteen, yeah, that's unreal. Like like I was talking about, like the the post Mahomes era, mm. not post not post Malone, post Mahomes. Um, <laughs> the the post Andy Reid era, era is something that's going to be coming a lot sooner than the post Mahomes era. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see who they um, who will be the successor to Andy Reid. Will it be one of the guys they're already in, in town, like Nagy or the Enemy, or that, will they go elsewhere? Um, I should imagine that Patrick Mahomes will have a lot of influence and a lot of say on who the next coach will be. But um, let's push that problem for future Tom and future Brad to deal with. I don't, oh, I yeah. talk about that I don't even think about that.
1: Yeah, that, 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 like you said, that seems closer than it, it does for obviously Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> Andy Reid, yeah, he's he's a phenomenal guy. Um, we all love him. We all love his Hawaiian shirts. He's influenced us over here by just having a Hawaiian shirts uh, weekend at Newcastle, <laughs>
2: hasn't he? He has, he has. So for that reason alone, yeah. Did I ever tell you the time that about when me and Andy Reid made awkward eye contact? No. So when Andy Reid and I made awkward eye contact once, and um, where was this? So was it I a, sh- was actually I was, was, was in I a I strip was, club in, down in. no <laughs> no, when I went to KC in when I went to KC in 2014 for the first time, the Chiefs gave me a media pass um for the arrowheads abroad stuff and so um I didn't go up the top I went into my seat for the state of the game and then went downstairs to the locker rooms and uh, press room for the um the post game stuff and I I sat in an Andy Reid press conference and I'm 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 sat there like wearing a Jamal's Jamal Charles jersey in, in there like first of all first of all I sat sat in is it Lorna Hunt I sat in her seat and I got moved on by her. Um, And then I sat and then I, Pete might've even been in there. Um, But then I sat in the press conference room and um, about halfway through and I'm just sat there. Everyone else has put like their um, recorders up at the uh, the stand on the phone. (laughs) And I'm just sat there, like not writing down anything down, not like recording anything, just sat there. And uh, Andy Reid and I just made like the most awkward eye contact for about five seconds. He just he just looked at me He's like well, what are you doing? Here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Who are you? But I didn't, I didn't I've, I've in fact I've got the picture. I'll have to dig it out and find you. But um but yeah, I didn't 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 say a word to him, he didn't say a word to me, just made awkward eye contact, and then I didn't stay for any longer than that. I went off, went outside to the park. Like, Do you think to this day he's thinking, who was that kid in the, in
1: yeah. the Jamal Charles jersey? Yeah just sat there grinning at me. Who was he? <laughs> Do you know um, what? If you ever get the chance to to go in and and uh, interview Andy Reid at a next press press conference as part of our head Pride, yeah, and then he looks at you and he recognizes you. Can you imagine the beaming smile on your face if he goes, "When you were when, when, when you in uh, in London when you just sat there in a, a <laughs> no, this is Arrowhead.
2: This is Arrowhead. This is Arrowhead." This is that Arrowhead? I thought it was London. There you go. There's, I'm, I'm showing Brad a picture right now. There's there's him looking at me. All <laughs> awkward. He's not looking. <laughs> put, his face is looking socials, at you, at his, eyes is, his eyes are looking at you. Yeah. I put it on my socials, at Tom Charles 56 um, And he reads awkward eye contact with me.
1: That's insane, that man. That's crazy. <laughs> you got to meet the big big man. He didn't even know who <laughs> you were. <laughs> That is random. All the time I've known you, never mentioned that. You tell me all but, the time about meeting
2: Christy Koye but you never tell me about meeting Andy Reid. Well, you say that, Brad, but I've just pulled up the tweet where I've mentioned it, and literally the first comment is you saying, is never knew you did this. <laughs> never knew you did this. So I obviously did tell you, you just forgot. I clearly have, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Mm-hmm. Or you're lying for podcast content. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up, shall we? Let's get out of here. Let's get out of here, man. Let's get out of
1: here. Uh, so that's all we've got time for this week. Uh, if you've got your top five influential Chiefs of the past decade, let us know at Arrowhead Pride on the Twitter page, which is at Arrowhead Pride, and your boys in the kingdom will return again in two weeks' time. For more Chiefs content, stick around on the Arrowhead Pride podcast network. We're in double digits now for a new season, so content will be coming at you thick and fast over the coming weeks. But all that's left to say here is from one kingdom to another, we'll speak to you again soon.